You are now listening to the Conversationalist Podcast. Well, hello, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Conversationalist Podcast. I'm Jesse, and I'm here with Amanda. <laughs> Start over. No, this is episode. This is episode eighty-one. This is episode. This is, this is episode 81. And, Give me um, time. You we, need to um, start over. There was some funny shit that happened behind the scenes. Maybe we'll play it at the tail end. No. While uh, connected to the tail end of the show. Um, That's awful. But uh, 81 is going to cover uh, three topics. Uh, the three topics that we're going to talk about have to do with... Uh, the first one's going to be a little bit of information about MoviePass. And, like, what the fuck they're doing with their billing and all this bullshit. Second is going to be um, with uh, Scarlett Johansson and her basically dropping the role that she took for the movie um, Rub and Tug. And the controversy surrounding that. And then the third and final topic is going to have to do with kind of like the... <sighs> Me Too movement slash Chris Hardwick getting uh, fucked out of his job and being replaced by, um, is it Yvette Nicole Brown? Yes. So, um, with that said, we are going to start the show with MoviePass. Now, MoviePass, um, I couldn't find a story that specifically went into detail about this, but... For anybody who's been keeping up with MoviePass, MoviePass has like changed their billing and how they offer their subscriptions like several times. They've partnered with Costco, they've partnered with iHeartRadio, they've changed the prices of like the partnering memberships that they've done from like $90 to $150 and no processing fees to $20 processing fees to $6 processing fees and you know um, offering unlimited movie subscriptions that were truly unlimited and that you could see the same movie more than once and uh you could see more than one movie a day to eventually it was only you know one movie a day and then eventually it was you know fucking four movies in a month uh it's gone back and forth and yo-yoed back and forth and you know now we're back to unlimited and now they're offering different plans where like you can pay extra to bring a friend or you can pay extra to get like 3d movie stuff and we are now at a point where with this recent update that uh, came up on on our apps is um what was the the specific verbiage what kind of pricing um peak time pricing yeah so there was a notification that said that they were going to do peak time pricing and basically what peak time pricing is is whatever they determine to be, um, you know, a high influx of, of users. And um, it's represented by an icon that will indicate whether or not you can... Like, if, if you do choose to see a movie that has this um, little red icon next to the title, uh, it means that your entry is not going to be completely covered by the movie pass at, like it has always been. Um, when you've used it in any previous occasion. So, for instance, uh, yesterday in our hometown, I opened the movie pass. 
MoviePass says that like pretty much any movie that I would want to see has one of those red asterisks. Like every single movie in town had this red asterisk that basically indicated that the entire cost of the movie was not going to be covered by MoviePass. Um, that it was basically going to be um, only partly covered. And what it explains is that when you see a movie during that peak time, um, you're going to pay a little extra at the box office. Now, it says it's a pretty small fee. What I think uh, MoviePass is trying to do, I haven't actually used it during one of these times anyways, um, but what I've noticed, or what I think is probably going to be the case, is, uh, say like a Saturday, and it's like, you know, during the evening, is that they are not going to cover either like an influx of movies, like, okay, for instance, like a Saturday, Saturday, there's going to be a lot of people at the movies, so you can pretty much count on like a Saturday paying extra, and um, yeah, let's say you're going to the movies in the evening when people are probably off of work during the week, you're probably going to have to pay extra when you go see the movies in the evening. Because there's going to be an influx of people that are going to be at the movie theater. And it looks like the the way it's going to work out is that they'll essentially pay what the matinee price would be. So they'll pay six bucks and if you're going to go see a movie that's full price, like nine or twelve dollars, you're probably going to end up paying like, you know, three or four bucks to see the movie that you want to see when you're already paying the monthly fee. Which, you know, the way it was brought up in some other like, small articles I saw that kind of addressed it, was that, oh, we you know, they're not going to raise the prices. Well, pff, I'd rather pay an extra $5. Well, how much How much is a regular ticket? Like, I mean, you know, if you went during the matinee time, you know, you're paying, like, 6 bucks, 7 bucks. If you're going during, uh, you know, an evening time, I think it's, like, you know, I mean, depending on where you are, geographically, it could be anywhere between, like, nine fifty and $12. Well, because I think... Well, so when we went to see Ant-Man and Wasp, the only movie time that we had available where we could go was for an IMAX 2D. So it wasn't anything fancy other than the fact that they threw IMAX in front of it. Mm-hmm. And when I used my movie pass, the guy said that our movie passes only covered up to $9. So we ended up having to pay the difference of whatever the ticket price was. I think it was like $3. Right. So if he's saying that Movie pass only pays up to nine dollars, and then if a movie ticket at nighttime is more than nine dollars, maybe you're still just paying the difference. Um, I don't think so, and the reason the reason being is so like it'll cover up to nine dollars. So for an IMAX movie, it's going to be like twelve fifty or something like that. I think for us, it's like twelve fifty for IMAX, and it's like fifteen if it's like IMAX in three D. So if it's going to cover up to $9, you know, you're still going to end up paying like 3 350 for the for the movie to see it in IMAX. But if it's during peak pricing, and let's say it's 12, let's say it's noon on a Saturday, right? Well, it would typically cover up to $9. But if you're going to go see a movie on Saturday at noon, obviously it's not going to be the full price because technically it's still during a matinee time. During a matinee time, you should only have to pay like seven dollars, like seven fifty or something like that. But during the peak pricing time, you're going to have to pay, you know, a small fee. So I would say that you're, 
you're probably going to end up paying like two bucks, you know, two or even three dollars to pay, you know, to to pay the difference of like what they're willing to cover. I don't know what the exact amount is. That's because there is no exact amount because I'm reading the email that it sent to every user and it says peak prices are determined based on movie demand and popularity. Right, which is stupid because to me it seems like their way of steering you to what movie they want you to see. Because if everybody wants to see Ant-Man and the Wasp, what difference does it make whether or not a bunch of people use MoviePass to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp or a bunch of people use their movie pass to go see sorry to bother you right i mean the they're still using credit they're, they're still using money to pay for amanda to go see ant-man or me to go see sorry to bother you you know either way somebody's using it and it's costing money so why what movie you see should matter shouldn't matter and the reason I say that is because yesterday when I pulled that up, pretty much every single movie that was out had the peak pricing label on it. Guess which movie didn't have the peak pricing label on it? The only one that didn't, I think, was uh, Sorry, to uh, Sorry to Bother You, which is a new movie that just came out. And then I think um, the other two movies that didn't have peak pricing on them, I think, were I think Jurassic World. Only because it's been out for several weeks now. Yeah. And then I want to say Sicario didn't have it either. Only because... Well, it's you know, been out for a little bit. It's been out for a little bit too. So, But those you know movies that were either already out for a while didn't have peak pricing. So you could see those. Or, you know, Sorry to Bother You, which was a brand new movie. No peak pricing. But if you want to go see Incredibles, you want to go see The Purge, you want to go see you know, this skyscraper movie or whatever, you can't watch those movies without paying a fee. To me, how the fuck are you going to say, oh, hey, you can go see this old movie that's going to cost the same amount. And we're not going to, you know, that's fine. You can go pay the full amount during that time period to go see that movie and we'll totally pay it. But if you want to see this other movie... Because a bunch of other people also want to see it, uh, you're going to pay a fee. Really? I mean, they have. It's it's not like a it's not like a movie. Right? I mean, it's not like a movie theater, right? You know, maybe a movie theater would do that because they'd say, "Oh, well, there's a demand for our seating, and so we're going to charge something different." You know, because of demand. But Movie Pass doesn't have anything to do with that, and it shouldn't matter whether you want to see one movie or another movie. I mean, to me, it seems like they're fucking really in trouble, and they're trying to pass on the cost of, uh, you know, what it costs to do business. Yeah, and I don't think they're surviving. They're trying to find ways to make up money. Yeah, I mean, at some point, they're going to fail, and we're just going to have to enjoy it while we have it. Because, uh, I mean, the way they're operating now, I mean, they're constantly changing their monthly rates. They're constantly chasing, changing how they're... Um, you know, programs work and, you know, how much money they're charging. And now they're doing this peak pricing bullshit, which is, it doesn't make any sense in terms of, you know, how it's supposed to save them money. I mean, I can go see an, if I don't go see a movie right away, 
and then that movie doesn't get check peak pricing, I can still go see that movie in the middle of the afternoon on a Saturday and be okay, but I can't see the new movie that just came out during the same time frame. The same amount of money is getting used, but they're telling me which one I have to pay a fee for. It doesn't make any sense at all, and I think it's stupid, and I think it's going to piss a lot of people off, and, um, you know, the thing is, is people are fickle. You know, I think a lot of, I think there's a lot of analysts that'll probably say, oh, you know, people will probably keep the movie pass because ultimately it saves them money regardless, but you're going to have people that are going to be like, uh, no motherfuckers, like, we were paying for this service that said that we can do this, and now you're saying that we can't, and now you're saying that not only can we not do this, but we also have to pay even more money out of pocket, fuck you, I'm going to cancel it, right? I mean, because these are probably people that didn't go to the movies all the time, and they just bought it because, hey, if I see two, it paid for itself, right? But, you know, they probably aren't going to care if they don't go as often. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, really, I think this is, you know, yet another sign that MoviePass is uh, on, the, on the pain train to Failsville, so, I, I think it's pretty annoying that they've, you know, implemented all these different stupid rules. Um, and there's just this one more to deal with in the meantime. But, who knows, like, maybe one of these other places is going to, you know, seem pretty attractive. I know we'd uh, looked at that cinema one that uh, offers, like, it's basically four tickets a month, two tickets a person you know, that you can use all month, and you can use it for, like, 3D, IMAX, like, any sort of movie, uh, you know, and, like, it's, like, two tickets a month, and it's, like, 10 or $15 a person, I mean, if MoviePass ends up taking a dump, it might be better off to just go to that cinema, um, the, the cinema company, I mean, I think the only difference with them is, is with MoviePass, you pay per month, and with the cinema, I think you pay the yearly fee up front. Right. Which I think is part of the problem. I think movie pass, you know, it's like living one month to the next. You know, they never charge any sort of sign up fees to anybody, you know, or any, you know, yearly fees or, you know, pay six months in advance kind of thing. They just kind of said, okay, hey, you can start paying $10 and, and you know, start using start using it right away. And so you're going to take a dump, uh, you know, as far as, like, losing money, like, pretty quick. You know, if somebody's seen a movie, like, every other day. Yeah. You know, because it's brand new. I mean, I know eventually people kind of, like, stop using it quite as much once they've, you know, had it for a little while. But, uh, you know, the initial losing money is, I mean, definitely something that they should have expected. I mean, because I know that uh, there were even people that are like, oh, hey, look, I'm going to sign up for Movie Pass. And then I'm going to go see a bunch of movies, and then I'm going to cancel it. Well, you know, then they implemented the, you know, if you sign up, you know, you can't re-sign up for like nine months to kind of combat that. But, I mean, I wonder how they can do that. If, like, wouldn't somebody just create another account? I mean, unless they somehow get your individual cell phone ID. Maybe. So, I don't know. I think it's pretty annoying, and it's yet another reason to kind of be annoyed with what movie pass is doing uh i mean i'd rather i'd much rather just pay um an additional additional amount per month to just not have to worry about you know what movies i can see and not see and, and just do that 
So, you know, maybe they'll go to that to kind of keep people happy. Uh, so, uh, the next topic, um, this one actually I saw randomly on Yahoo is like some of these fucking, you click on something and then all of a sudden like a, you know, an advertisement starts playing and you're like, God damn it. And you look at it and it was like a, it was a news deal and it had to do with Scarlett Johansson, um, dropping a role that she had taken, like, I think like just like like a week or two ago um she was gonna play uh, a character in an upcoming movie called rub and tug and i think she was supposed to play dante tex gill who was a an american like crime kingpin who he had a massage parlor and he like ran a prostitution ring out of it during like 70s and 80s um now, I think the thing is, is like this is what kind of caused a lot of backlash, was that the LGBTQ community, they were up in arms about the fact that um, Scarlett Johansson was cast for this role because um, uh, Dante Gill uh, was born a woman but identifies as a man, which is a transgender character, and Scarlett Johansson's being cast for this transgender character role and the um the lgbtq community was pretty upset that hollywood didn't consider a transgender um actor well how do they know they didn't consider one maybe they saw some and they didn't like any of them and they chose her instead right and i mean this is an acting role right like why can't she act? I mean, she is... The, I mean, the character was a female that identified as a man. So, Scarlett Johansson's a female. Why can't, you know, she identify as a man in this movie and play the part? I mean, if she does... If she acts in the role well, and it represents the character well, then what's the problem? You know, I, I think the whole idea that it has to be... an LGBTQ fucking person is stupid and asinine. I mean, there's never a problem when, like, you say, talk about, like, a. I mean, and this is a real life, you know, story being brought to the big screen, but, you know, with characters, say, like, uh, when everybody was pissed off, I mean, in me, even a little bit, uh, you know, with Marvel characters being cast that weren't correct, like, say, Nick Fury. Nick Fury was a white guy. <laughs> Um, but Nick Fury was cast, you know, with, by a black man. I mean, it's fucking Samuel Jackson, which he's done well, you know, for the character. But, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's characters that, you know, changes were made, but they're fine. And it's like, okay, this character is transgender. Now I'm not saying make it a straight character, but I mean... As an actor, she can do that. I mean, dudes play girls sometimes. Well, okay, um, so I'm going to take it back a little bit. There's this movie that um, like I've seen several times. Uh, it's called um, Tu Wong Fu Thinks for Everything, Julie Newmar. Short, Tu Wong Fu. But this movie it stars 
John Leguizamo, Wesley Snipes, um, and Patrick Swayze, right? I think so. So it has Patrick Swayze, Wesley Snipes, and John Leguizamo. All of them straight men. In this movie, though, they're drag queens. Every single one of them. But the movie was a great movie, and they did a great job at this movie. And, I mean, mind you, this is maybe the late 90s, early 2000s movie, but still, like, a really good movie. And I just think that, you know, telling, you know, saying that, like, a a straight female can't play an LGBTQ character um, is completely ridiculous. And, I mean, like, she she released a statement, you know, basically saying... Let me see. Where did she say it? Uh, let's see. She says, Our cultural understanding of transgender people continues to advance, and I've learned a lot from the community since making my first statement about my casting and realize it was insensitive. She says, I understand why uh, many feel he should be portrayed by a transgender person, and I am thankful that this uh, that this casting debate, albeit controversial, has sparked a larger conversation about diversity and representation in film. And the thing I don't get is, I mean, basically what it comes down to is enough people fucking made noise and complained that she just bent and pulled she out. She was bullied out of a job. Yeah. And, like, that's not okay. Like, that she got bullied out of a job. The thing is, is maybe there wasn't in lgbtq character you know a person who was up to task to fill a a central primary role in a big budgeted movie i mean what what fucking uh movie studio is gonna want to take a risk on some unknown that has no pull at all when they're investing a shitload of money into a movie right who wants to who wants to gamble in that by, you know, okay, let's let's cast what, you know, everybody wants to see. Well, I mean, yeah, these are, you know, everybody being a bunch of vocal people online. But, I mean, how many people does that represent? Are those people going to make the movie a shitload of money that are going to make it worth, worth watching? Probably not. It's got to appeal to the masses. Everybody knows who Scarlett Johansson is. You know, and... Obviously, it has to do with this, um, you know, this girl's story, this guy's story. I mean, I don't know. You know, so it's like, as long as the story's told well, like, what does it matter? And it just, it seems pretty ridiculous that everybody can stand by, look at this, see that she got bullied out of a job, and that she quit and tries to make it seem like, oh, I was educated by the community and therefore you know i'm pulling out for the sake of you know under now understanding what i did wrong she didn't do anything wrong she She has to say that because she doesn't want to risk out losing more jobs or offending more people because then nobody will go and watch her movies or buy any product that she endorses and she'll lose more money if she doesn't backtrack as opposed to Saying, hey, you guys suck. I lost out on this job because you want to cry more. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like, she's admitting to some sort of guilt when she's guilty of nothing. She tried out for a role and got it. 
So she earned the fucking role that she got. Obviously, being who she is probably helped a lot. But the bottom line is, she got the role that she got because she earned it. And then, she has to apologize for taking the role. And not only that, but like, eat a shitload of humble pie for like, no reason at all. Like, she's basically, you know, saying that she learned a lot from this community that was like, tearing her apart for having the audacity to take it. And, you know, it was probably a role that she really did want to play, but then she has to make it sound like, oh, because she learned something, though, that, yeah, she doesn't want it now. Really? I mean, yeah, she's backing out because, like she, you know, like Amanda said, I mean, she's going to get fucked out of all kinds of other opportunities because of, you know, boycotts that are going to come of it. So in the at the end, what, you're going to get a, you know, not as appealing, possibly not as talented actor to play a role for a movie that may not do so well now and maybe the movie studio decides you know to put on a shelf or something like that you know because you know who knows if they're gonna want to consider somebody or how long it's gonna take for them to find a what they deem an adequate replacement I mean they're not just gonna like pull some LGBTQ actor that gets tossed in front of them to, you know, take Scarlett Johansson's spot. I don't know. It's The whole thing just seems pretty irritating, and, you know, I think the fact that, like, she had to be apologetic about it and, you know, kind of pull out of this role uh, for for basically being bullied and that everybody is kind of seeing what's going on and, like, seemingly everybody's okay with it because, like, nobody's saying that it's bullshit... Um, well, they all think it's okay. Yeah, like, it's acceptable to do that, but it wouldn't be the other way around if a LGBTQ person took a straight role, you know? I, I doubt that you'd have a bunch of straight people, Equality like... for all. Well, you know, you wouldn't get a bunch of straight people like, Oh my god, a transgender person's playing a straight person, this is bullshit. That would be horrible, right? Yeah. That'd be absolutely horrible. They'd, they'd be a bigot, they'd be a whatever... Um, you know, I understand that there's maybe not a lot of roles for LGBTQ people and that this is like, hey, you're stealing our role for this one act, some obscure actor that could, you know, take this spot. I mean, black people say the same thing, you know, hey, there's not a lot of black roles. There's not a lot of roles for Asians. There's not a lot of roles for American Indians or Latinos. Um, you know, I just... I mean, this is a similar controversy to when Scarlett Johansson took on the role um, for the movie in Ghost in a Shell, where everybody was upset because she took a role that they felt should have gone to an Asian female. Right. But at the end of it, at the end of the day, like if you talk to like people like from, you know, like Japanese people or you know people that were you know fans of it, a lot of them were just kind of like, oh yeah, she's a good actor. <laughs> You know, it wasn't the Asian people that were pissed. It was like everybody else, like white knighting for all, for Asian people when they didn't need anybody to, you know, step in and, and complain for them. It just, it was like the, you know, creating controversy for the sake of creating controversy. It just seems uh, pretty ridiculous with, you know, where we are these days with, um, you know, allowing shit like that to, to fly is like being okay. And then, um. Uh, I mean, I guess that's all we'll say about that, because I'll just keep going. Um, the, the the last topic um, 
this one's actually I I got it off of Fox News, but I know the news it popped up. I think it may have been yesterday on a different site, but I actually just pulled it up on Fox, and um, it's that it's the Chris Hardwick is being temporarily replaced by Yvette Nicole Brown on the as the Talking Dead host. Um, now, everybody who watches Talking Dead or any of the other shows knows that yeah, Yvette Nicole Brown is a a regular on the show that she's like the she's a the, super fan yeah she's a super fan she always brings her fucking notepad she always knows like everything i mean arguably she knows quite you know as much as chris hardwick does yeah um i mean she is knowledgeable um and and is interesting and you know is, it always seems very intense in like discussing topics that relate to you know, The Walking Dead and, you know, other shows in the, like, you know, Fear, Talking and, uh, I mean, shit, I don't know if she's been on, like, a, like, an episode of, like, when they've talked about, like, Preacher after the fact, but, I mean, she's typically, um, you know, on, on all of these shows in some way, shape, or form, usually multiple times in a, in a season. So, um, she's going to be the interim guest host, and she is going to be on the season nine uh, preview special that's going to be on August 5th. And then she'll also be the host for The Talking Dead on August 12th. And, um, you know, that's where it's at right now. Um, I mean, she had already been kind of like, you know, filling in uh, for like Chris Hardwick, uh, like in a, like a temporary kind of capacity because with him pulling out of some of his obligations, because uh, he's always been a staple at San Diego Comic-Con. He does comedy shows, like, you know, fucking podcasts. He's got, like, Nerdist stuff there. You know, he's doing, you know, all kinds of Nerdist-related stuff. He's doing other panels. Like, people love to see Chris Hardwick. And he's everywhere, you know, at, at San Diego Comic-Con. Guess what? He's not going this year. I mean, we're going to be there next weekend. But uh, he's not going to be there. He canceled pretty much everything he was going to do. And so the things that he was going to do, um, Yvette Nicole Brown is actually going to fill in for the panels that Chris Hardwick was um, going to be in at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. And I find it very disappointing that he is where he is, like basically being suspended and not being able to do any of his shows, you know, basically being relieved of his work, uh, in the meantime. And not only that, you know, but nobody wants to associate, nobody wants to associate with him, treating him like a leper, uh, you know, to where he's having to cancel all of these shows he's going to, you know, that he was going to participate in at San Diego Comic-Con. And then you even, even have like, you know, nerdist trying to distance himself from him when he's the fucking creator of of nerdist. I mean, I know he sold it to Legendary, but still, um, you know, the whole thing just reeks, and all of it is about you know allegations that were made by his ex girlfriend. Um, was it Chloe Distra? How do you Dix Distra? Her name, I always have a hard time pronouncing her last name. But her ex, Chloe, his ex, Chloe, basically, you know, makes these allegations that he sexually assaulted her with, like, little to no proof other than, you know, she 
alleges all of this shit, and it's in an open letter that doesn't even include his name. You know, all they have is, like, you know, age differences and, you know, all these kind of little hints in this open letter that she makes. And everybody kind of puts together that it's Chris Hardwick. So, I mean, she doesn't even, like, mention him, and then automatically everybody's all over him. Well, she did just enough that he couldn't come and sue her. Right. But still, you know, it's it's basically ruined him, you know, for the time being, because now he's not doing Fear the Walking, you know, Talking Dead, like any of his shows, you know, Nerdist. He's he can't he's had to cancel all of his events at, in in San Diego Comic Con. I mean, he's lost a lot of work, you know. And what happens when we find out that he didn't do anything? I mean. Who's paying for him? Are there going to be like a big fucking apology? You know, is anybody going to, you know, make it up to him? Or does he just move on? I mean, all of this shit happened on on allegations. And he, I mean, like no due process. I mean, everybody is always harping on, you know, innocent until proven guilty, innocent until proven guilty. Well, he hasn't been proven guilty of anything. She hasn't brought any compelling evidence to the table other than, like, you know, just accusing him. And he's already being treated like he's fucking been convicted of a crime or something. I mean, obviously, he would have been fired from any number of gigs and, you know, uh, employment that he has if he was guilty. But, I mean, he's basically been relieved of duty from everything that he was planning on doing for the sake of, oh, we can't... You know, we can't have anything to do with him just in case. Uh, but, I mean, obviously, he's going to have to sue the living shit out of her. You know, if it, you know, if, if nothing comes of it. I mean, because she's cost him a lot of, cost him a lot of money and time. And then he's able to prove that, okay, you know, he releases a bunch of old text messages he has where, you know, they've already been broken up. For a long time and he's moved on from her and she's sending him messages trying to get back together with him and so it's like okay so if you were assaulted or um you know treated poorly or you know whatever by this person why are you hitting this person up like a year later begging for them back yeah so i mean it he has proof saying that, like, okay, well, fuck, like, you're still trying to get back with me, and I was the one that didn't want to get back with you, and then you're writing this piece about what a horrible person I was and how I assaulted you, but you just, not too long ago, you were trying to get back with me? Like, how does that even make any sense? And, I mean, you know, on the criminal side of it, you know, if somebody gets, if somebody gets assaulted and you have like no corroborating evidence no physical evidence you know because it's however old and all you have is accusations um there's not a place in this state or nation where somebody's going to be convicted of a crime it's not going to happen so i mean is she trying to get all this shit out there because I mean, a part of it was she's saying that, you know, he cooperated with uh, somebody else, a close friend to Michelle you know, Morrow with with Michelle Morrow to basically tank Chloe's career after they broke up. And he's saying that he broke up with her 
because he found out that she was unfaithful and was cheating on him. And so she left him. But, uh, you know, she's saying that he got retaliatory and basically kept her from getting any work. So my thing is, is like, okay, is she using this as a gravy train? You know, he's married to a very wealthy woman now, you know, whose family has a lot of money. And, I mean, he's not doing too shabby himself, you know. So, I mean, obviously, in a civil in a civil case, the, um, you know, the, like, the, the probable cause or, you know, the, uh, what is it, the preponderance of the evidence is, like, a lot lower in civil. It only has to be... Well, she focused on the emotional abuse a lot more than anything else. Right. It, it's like, but, I mean, like, if... Like, long-term, you know, criminally, nothing's going to happen to him. Like, really. Not unless, like, there's some bombshell information that we don't know about. Which, maybe she would have already thrown it out there. If 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 there was. Then. Well, she's claiming she has videos and audio, but she's not going to release it. Because, again, she doesn't want to get sued. Right. She's She's holding out for her own. Which, the thing is, like, if there was something, like, that smoking gun, and it got released... She's not going to, you know, he's not going to win a suit against her for slander if it's true. You only get sued for slander and damages get assessed if it's not true. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, how can you be like, oh, I have all this evidence that says, like, he actually did what I said he did, but I don't want to get sued. Well, that means it's, like, very contextual, right? Like, that it can be interpreted one way or another. And basically, she could show something, and then she's going to have to, like, narrate what it, what's going on, because you couldn't say one way or another, which, again, isn't proof. So, it's not necessarily going to help her, because if it did, she would have already shown it. So, she probably would get sued, and she probably would lose if she released it, because it's not very helpful. But my thought is, is that she probably has... I think she is probably going to try to sue him civilly. And she's going to try to get him for money because, I mean, in a civil case, you only have to prove your case up to 51%. It only has to be 51% believable. Whereas in a criminal case, it has to be beyond a reasonable doubt and to a moral certainty that this happened. Which is a lot harder to prove. And so I think that this maybe has more to do with money than it has to do with anything else. But, you know, I think this particular case... You know, begs the question, is, like, Me Too going too far? You know, because, like, now, I mean, I'm all for females or males or whoever, you know, that gets, you know, assaulted, uh, you know, sexually, uh, emotionally, whatever, you know, basically to come out and, and say, what is, say whatever it is they have to say because they're finally empowered enough to say it. Um, that's good. The The thing is, though, is... You know, it's one of those things where, like, sure, you don't want to tell people not to do it because you don't want to discourage people from doing it. But at the same time, I don't think that everything somebody says should be accepted at face value without any sort of, um, like, analysis. Like, you can't just accept what people say, like, you know, without being objective to, like, what it is they're saying. That's why I think, like, with this, like, I think people should not watch The Talking Dead while she's hosting. 
like let AMC know that they were really super quick with this one. Like, I mean, it was swift. Yeah, I mean, he had no chance to like explain himself for them to like stick behind him. You know, I mean, again, there's nothing, there's no smoking gun thing that says he did this, but they had absolutely zero problem for as long as he's been an employee there for them to say, you know what, we're going to stick with Chris until something comes up. And obviously if something bad comes up, then they're like, all right, you know, this, this doesn't look good. We're going to relieve you of your duty for the time being. No, it's fucking, it was just kind of out on the internet and people were assuming that it was him and all this other stuff. And then bam, he's off, right? They didn't give him a chance. They just fucking torched him, and it's crazy that, you know, where you always have people that are so vocal to say, like, you know, that people should be considered innocent until they're proven to not be. I mean, that's like the whole basis for our criminal justice system, and we're, but we're just going to let people get torched like that, you know? I mean, because the thing is, is there have been plenty of bad people that have gotten theirs or that probably are going to get theirs. Um, you know, obviously Bill Cosby has been found guilty, you know, pretty damn shocking. Uh, you know, Harvey Weinstein, he, you know, seems like kind of a slime ball at this point And like, he's probably going to get convicted of some shit. Um, you know, but you know, and then you have stuff where like, you know, a bunch of people came forward with, you know, accusations about Kevin Spacey, he got booted and, you know, but it, it seemed like there was a lot of, you know, cooperation between a lot of different people that were making all the same um, accusations against him. So, you know, there's that. But it's like, is that all we need now? Is just accusations with no proof, with no trial, with no anything, no investigation. We're just going to accept what anybody says at the drop of a hat you know, with little to anything, and we're just gonna fucking ruin someone. Yeah. Like, is that where we're at now? I mean, that's a lot of, I mean, that's a lot of uh, power to give somebody to basically ruin someone else. And the thing is, is are we gonna pretend like there's not somebody that is that shitty of a person? That would make up some shit to get back at somebody for doing doing them wrong. Well, there's lots of people that would do that. Right. And because there's, you know, lots of people like that, like, I think that's why people should be objective and a little, you know, skeptical at a minimum. You know, I mean, obviously, if, like, there's there's a lot to it, you know, and it's more believable than cool, you know, than you, you fucking called somebody out who needed to be called out and, like, you know, this person... Uh, you know, needs to explain themselves or, you know, needs to go to jail or whatever. But, like, to... For it to be acceptable for somebody to just, like, oh, well, this happened to me, like, six years ago, and I never said anything, and, oh, I tried to get back with him, but he wouldn't take me back. And so then, like, a year later, I'm saying that, you know, he's a he's a terrible person that did all this shit to me now, uh, you know, but... Like, really? Like, that's fucking crazy, man. Like, honestly, like, I, I honest, I mean, at this point, I don't think there's anything to say that he did it, um, you know, that he did any of what she said he did until there's something else that comes out. I mean, it, it seems like at this point there's, it's just bullshit, but you know, in the meantime, like he's getting fucked over. He's lost like a shit ton of work. He's lost a crap ton of money. His name's been fucking, you know, dragged through the mud 
and all of this like kind of coinciding, you know, with, uh, you know, the start of, you know, the start of his shows, you know, the marriage to his wife, and all this crap. It just uh, the timing seems poor for him. Yeah. And convenient for her. Yeah, she had a movie come out that weekend. Yeah. So. I mean, really, I, I'm I'm kind of on board with Amanda, and I hope other people are too. That you know, I, it's not even that I don't think that uh, Yvette Nicole Brown isn't a good person, that she's not knowledgeable, uh, any of that. I just think that you know, to support the show with you know how quickly AMC was to you know basically burn Chris Hardwick, um, you know that they don't deserve the viewership and. You know, I'd hate to see the viewership for the show still be so decent that them question whether or not they should bring him back at all. Even if he is, you know, uh, basically found to have done nothing wrong. Because there's still going to be that question in the back of people's minds where it's like, oh, okay, well, nothing happened to him, but like maybe it was kind of true. You know, do we still want to associate with somebody like that? Like, he wasn't found innocent. You know? They just weren't able to prove anything. Right? So do they still try to distance themselves themselves from him anyways? And, like, do they they consider replacing him? Because, you know, Yvette Nicole Brown does well? Those are all things to think about, and I hope that that's not something that ends up being the case. But, I mean, with the way shit's gone lately i mean anything's possible and i think it's really unfortunate that he's kind of been treated the way he has by you know all of these companies that all these companies and places and entities that have uh he's been good to and have been good to him you know how quickly people were to basically abandon him and just like throw him completely under the fucking bus yeah um but yeah uh, I'm i'm not gonna be watching the show so, uh, I think at some point we have to decide, like, when is enough enough? I mean, this kind of goes back to even the Scarlett Johansson thing, like, you know, you're letting, I mean, I mean, to kind of sum it up, you know, beyond Scarlett Johansson's thing, beyond Chris Hardwick's thing, uh, you know, you watch the news, you find out that, uh, you have a college ball football player that was probably a you know, an NFL prospect um, that at some point got convicted of committing rape and went to prison. I've seen at least two or three stories within the past, like, year or two of football players that were convicted of rape by people that said they were raped by this person. This person got convicted, this person went to prison, and they were in prison for multiple years before... The victim recanted and said that nothing happened. But this person didn't get to finish college. They didn't get to get drafted by the NFL. They missed out on those, you know, life-changing opportunities. They did prison time. And then they get released with a kind of like a pat on the back and kind of dust them off. Like, oh, okay, we were wrong. What about the fucking person that accused them of rape? What did they get? What, a misdemeanor charge of filing a false fucking police report? You know, less you know less than a year in jail, time served, good behavior, fucking three years probation? 
Like, that's all that happens to somebody that accuses somebody falsely of doing something that horrendous? Like, I really feel like there just needs to be, like, more done in terms of, uh, you know, punishing people for making false accusations and things like that. Because it's not enough to just be like, oh, sorry about that. Sorry about that doesn't repair all the damage that gets done to somebody who gets accused of something like that. It kind of follows you around like a fucking stain on your shirt. It won't come off. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, hopefully, you know, that's the case with Chris and he's not yet another seemingly decent person that, you know, did a bunch of bad shit. So, uh, kind of, kind of a shitty thing to kind of end the show on, but whatever. Um, you know, thanks for listening, uh, to the show. Uh, appreciate you guys. Um, I'm Jesse with Amanda Woo-hoo. wrapping up episode 81. And you can stick around for the end, end part to uh. see what we're laughing about. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening. Take care. Bye. Bye. You stop. We get on with it. No, I gotta drink some of this artisanal Jack and Coke. It's not artisanal. Mm-hmm. You don't even know what that word means. <laughs> I know I don't. <laughs> Let's look it up. What, what does it say here? It's nothing that Urban Dictionary can tell Artisanal. Probably didn't even spell it right. Artesian. Noting pertaining to or characteristics of an artesian well. What's an artesian well? I'm pretty sure that's not... A well in which water rises under pressure from a... The fuck? <laughs> that makes no sense. But that's what it says. It's artesian. That's spelled right. I don't think you looked up the right word. Yeah, it is. It's not. It's the right word. Uh-uh. Seriously? Look. I'm, it's right there. <laughs> artesian. That's the word. Are you thinking like artisan? No, I said artisanal. Artisan. A person skilled in an applied art. Like farting. You're gross. (laughs)